Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC, at your favorite podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. This is episode number 93. Up, oh, fellas, in traditional uh, countdown fashion, famous number 93. Uh, B-Live, what's the, favorite, what's the famous number 93? Oh, man, I'm ready to time. John Randall. Hall right. of Famer, yes, sir. All right, John Randall, Scotty D. Who, uh, who from the Cowboys is a famous number ninety three? <laughs> the uh, the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl ninety three. Hey, good year, good year, good year. Boo. Oh, boy. <laughs> and John Randall. I was gonna say, anybody say John Randall yet? John Randall. Not, wow, John Randall. You guys are wild. Let's see. Other famous number ninety threes are all time uh, sat great. Dwight Freeney, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, and my personal favorite, number 93, Doug Gilmore, hockey player of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, famous number 93s. And ladies and gentlemen, episode number 93 of the Sports Bros Podcast is underway. You heard the other two hosts I'm with, so I might as well go ahead and formally introduce them. First up, the almighty B-Live. Ah, what's happening? What's going on in the world today? New week, new episode, hmm, new president. Won't get into that. Either way, you know, a slight sense of normalcy, not really. It's still crazy out there. 2021 feels like an extension of 2020, as we predicted. But we're going to keep doing what we do. And also, we're just going to introduce that other guy that's on the show as well. Yeah, we might be lucky to have him. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right, and the other guy hanging out with us as well, too, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, none other than the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. The more things change, the more they stay the same. What a weekend to not be a Tom Brady hater. Oh, my goodness, they are in revolt around the country today. Those people that hate Tom Brady are hating this this next two weeks. Uh, oh, man, let's let's get into that, man, because fortunately, I, I don't hate him, so I'm not losing my mind here, but some some people out there are losing it, hating on Tom Brady. All right, but before we go into that, uh, this past week, we lost a legendary, iconic figure, not only in sports, but in American history, the former home run king, Hank Aaron, passed away at age 86 earlier this week. He was the OG home run king when he built a 715 home runs. Uh, I think that when he built it was in, in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. He was nicknamed the Hammer or Hammer and Hank. Um, he spent 21 seasons with the Milwaukee slash Atlanta Braves in the National League. Um, yeah. 2021 is doing some 2020-ish kind of uh, things. Be live. Any members of Hank Aaron? Man, simply, I'm just going to say this simply put. A lot of people out there like to say, not my this, not my dad. No offense to Barry Bonds, but 
Hank Aaron will forever and always be my home run king. Dude, the dude did it in an era and a time that was a little tumultuous, a little controversial, not as controversial as Barry Bonds, of course, but man, oh man, his accomplishments, his achievements in baseball to me are second to none. We lost a true legend. Thank you, Hank, Henry, Hank, Aaron, for everything that you have done for baseball. There's so many players in this world that might not be in the leagues and might not have done what they have done if it wasn't for your accomplishments. We thank you for what you have given us in the sport of baseball. Rest in peace. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, 25 times this guy was an all-star. Uh, he did reach the pinnacle and win a World Series. He was a batting champion, home run leader. leader. I mean, obvious, uh, no doubt, Hall of Famer. And uh, to me, I just always remember the iconic image of him running around the bases with the, the two guys that popped out of the stands and were running with him. You know, that's just always like the first image that pops into my mind when I think of Hank Aaron. So, yeah, we lost a good one there. Uh, it's been a rough start for baseball legends here to, uh, of this year. You know, we lost Don Sutton, Tommy Lasorda, Hank Aaron. It's been a rough start, but um, rest in peace, Hammer and Hank. And one of his quotes, he said, I'm hoping someday that some kid, black or white, will hit more home runs than myself. Wherever it is, I'd be pulling for him. We pretty sure you are, Hank Aaron. Uh, once again, Hank Aaron gone at the age of 86 all right getting back on track let's talk about these here afc and nfc championship game fellas how y'all feel about that let's talk about it all right let's talk about that go ahead and get it out the way okay there's only two so it ain't gonna be much to talk about uh we have the first game which was tampa bay and green bay uh tampa bay tom brady and them tampa bay as some people call them uh, they win 31 to 26 over Green Bay at home. People thought they had the advantage. Scotty D, what's your takeaways from this game? Well, there's a lot to unpack uh, unpack in this game. Uh, no pun intended, but let me just say, uh, I'm hearing a lot of complaining or been seeing a lot of complaining about the officiating. Let me just say, stop it when it comes to that. Oh. Just stop it. Because that's not why the Packers lost that game. At the end of the first half, there was a call missed uh, on Aaron Rodgers threw the ball and was intercepted at midfield. There was a call missed on an interception. And if I was a Packer fan, I would be mad about that. But you know what else I would be mad about would be the fact that right after that interception, they gave up a fourth and four with 13 seconds to go. And on the following play, allowed a guy to get behind the defense and Scotty Miller and score a touchdown. And that was, to me, the biggest sequence of the, of the game. Yes, I do think there should have been a pass interference called or a holding on that play. And yes, I also think there should have been at the end of the game whenever the uh, the interference was called. Now, now, what I think really makes Packers fans crazy was on that final play of the game when uh, the, the, the Buccaneers had third and four, uh, Brady throws a pass over his receiver's head, and it seemed like forever before the flag came out. And I think that is kind of what, made that situation even worse. And I, I don't know if the referee couldn't pull it out. Maybe it was frozen to his hip because they weren't throwing a lot of flags in that game. Uh, the frozen tundra factors in. I, I don't know. It took a, a while. But the replay clearly showed that that, uh, I think it was Kenny King, the same guy that got beat early in the game, 
grabbed the jersey, not once but twice, and then had the flag thrown on him. You know, maybe the pass wasn't catchable. I don't know. But the fact is, you're not allowed to grab the jersey, and that was a good call. Uh, I w- but, but when you look at the fact that the Buccaneers converted nine of 14 third downs, including that fourth and four, all, you know, in addition to the fourth and four, um, Brady had three picks, guys, in the second half. You know, how ma- wow. you know how many points Green Bay converted? They converted six, one touchdown, missed a two-point conversion, and then three and out after the second two interceptions by Brady. If, if you're not if you're not capitalizing at home on those type of things, then you're going to have a hard time winning that game. Oh yeah, without without question, this is again one of those moments, very rare moments that uh, myself and the uh, money man Scotty Deer are on the same page. Yes, we could talk about officiating all day, just because I mean there was two holding pass interference calls. One was called, one was not. The hesitation, everything, this, that, and the third. But literally, when it comes to capitalizing on those, the turnovers, like you said, three interceptions in the second half by Tom Brady. And Aaron Rodgers, I'm still believing he's going to be MVP this year. Because he um, could could not capitalize and that's that's another thing I want to mention. The MVP of the league, forty-eight touchdowns, I believe, six interceptions. Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna mention. I'm gonna mention just a second. But it seems like um, the um, the firing of um, New York Jets defense coordinator Greg <laughs> Williams, his his <laughs> incarnate, his doppelganger, and Mike Pettin. Just okay. What? what why? Why six? It was, I think it was six seconds ago when that play um, consisted. There's only one thing they can do. They can throw a they can throw a hail mary, or they could throw get fifteen twenty yards and kick a field goal. What you don't let happen is what exactly is you let you let the wide receiver get behind uh. you. And what it looked looked like it possibly could have been cover one in in that. No safety help there at all. You're right. Just like, and let me, let me, let me mention this real quick. Um, to my man, Kevin King victim, you were victimized the entire game, bro. (laughs) And somebody needs to do their research. Um, Scotty Miller, he runs a four, three 40. You might need to give him That's just fair. a little bit of help on that particular play. He's not hes not a big-time wide receiver, but you literally gave that man no help. He beat him off the, off the straight off go route. Rip. I th- yeah, and I think, I think mm-hmm. it also could have been – I don't think it was press coverage, but literally, like, give that man that cushion and – you not again. Number one rule for cornerbacks, defensive backs, safeties: you don't let anybody behind you in that particular play. And you y'all just failed on every aspect of the world: the play calling, the just the defensive scheme, whatever um, Kevin King was doing. That right there changed the game. That's the difference in the score. Period. Everything that happened after that, everything, mm. everything subsequent after that, 
was literally part of why they had to come back from so far, which they actually did, but still didn't do enough to win the game. And I'm going to conclude my rant with this. Once again, I say Aaron Rodgers, most likely the MVP of this year, 48 touchdowns, six interceptions. You put the ball in that man's hands when the game is on the line. Why? Please, somebody answer. Why? Just kick a field goal with two minutes to go and literally put the weight of the world on your defense to stop Tom Brady in this particular situation. He doesn't even have to score. He has to get a a first down and the game is over. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to score. He has to get a first down. For a, for a man that has played in, I want to say he's played in 13 um, conference championship games, and all he has to do is yep. score, get a first down? I'll, I'll answer that if you would you like go, me to, if you'd like me to. Go, go oh. for, yes, yeah, please. Okay, here, here, here's, here's why, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I completely understand that um, everyone is killing the floor over that decision today, and I understand why if you need eight yards right there and you have the the MVP of the league, why you, why everyone feels like they should gone for it. Here's why I think it wasn't as poor a decision as everyone else is saying early in the game, green Bay had first and goal from the six yard line. They couldn't score in the second half. After that turnover, they scored a touchdown. They went for two. They could not convert that your, your boy equanimous or whatever his name is. (laughs) He, he dropped the ball in the end zone. At that point, they were on the eight-yard line. They had three plays and couldn't score. That's seven plays from eight yards and in over the course of the game that they could not get the ball into the end zone. Either way, he was going to need more than six points plus one. Six points and an extra point was not going to get it done. If they, if Say they go for there and don't get it. You say, all right, they're going to be pinned deep. We're still going to have a chance to get get the ball and and the two-point conversion well if they don't get the two-point conversion then they're out of time for getting the ball back and getting another getting more points tom brady in the second half had played terribly the defense was tightening up on tampa bay i don't think it's out of the question to think with four timeouts three in the two-minute warning getting a stop here getting the ball back and then driving for the win was that was that egregious a decision I, i understand why people were saying it is i'm not you know i'm not completely saying you know, he made the complete right decision by kicking the field, field goal because obviously he didn't. It didn't work out. But considering the failures seven times in, in over the course of the game to be able to score from eight yards and in, I can understand why he was saying, let's get the points now, let's get the ball back, and let's come back and win the game with a touchdown and not needing the two-point conversion because we're going to need the extra points either way. I think uh, I think the worst decision was when Aaron Rodgers broke the pocket and had wide open space to the right corner of the end zone. He could have run the ball in. I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't run like he used to, but he still runs pretty well. Man, he could have scored at the very worst. It's fourth and two, and then I think you most definitely go for it rather than trying to pick up the eight yards. So I think the worst decision was made by Aaron Rodgers and throwing that ball on the, on the third third and eight play than there was for taking the taking the points. All right, yo yo. All right, you know what, um, Scotty D, you you redeemed yourself at the end. You redeemed yourself at the end because I was definitely also going to make that point that 
there were a lot of times that definitely could have made uh, made a better decision, made it a closer, not not such a hard decision, be it for fourth and eight as opposed to fourth and two, fourth and three. Yeah, there that was an ill-advised throw by Aaron Rodgers. But still, at the end of the day, no matter what analytics you go through, you still, even going for a field goal, you still have to stop them and score yet another touchdown, which puts you back in the same position that you were already in. If you go for it and don't get it, you still have to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. If you go for it, get the touchdown, but don't get the two-point conversion, you have to stop them and then get a field goal. Either way, you're that close. You got to go for it all. And because you still left yourself in the same situation, the same boat that you were in. You still had to score you either had to score again with a touchdown or you had to score a touchdown and two-point conversion, or you actually tie up the game and now you just have to stop them from scoring as opposed to putting the ball in Tom Brady's hands with two minutes, six seconds to go, and all he has to do is to get a first down. So that's the part that I just don't agree with, that you you have to go for it all in that situation. And you literally took the ball out of the MVP's hands, which means because I I get it, you went for it three times, first and goal on the eight, second and goal on the eight, third and goal on the eight, and you gained no yardage. I, I get that little bit. But the analytics just it does not show where a field goal benefits anybody but Tom Brady in that situation. Because Tom Brady did a lot to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. He tried. Yeah, and, and and I understand. And I'm not I'm not like full fledged debating that debate. Cause like I said, obviously it worked out. It did well, it did not work out the way he was hoping. So you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Here we'll say it flat didn't work the, the the way he was going with it. So I get it. I'm not like fully arguing against going for it there because, like you said, you have a chance right there. You're all in, and if you get it, then you go for the tie. But I, but what I, my my point I think I'm really trying to make is that it. I think too much blame for losing that game is coming down to that decision when there were plenty of other other. Th- reasons to you know there's plenty of blame to go around i mean aaron jones fumbles the ball he turns over and they, that ends up giving them a touchdown on that first uh, the time they were down in the red zone well actually they scored their first uh, first touchdown but then the one i was referencing earlier uh Devontae adams had a, a touchdown on his hand it was a little behind him he dropped it on first down rogers tried to throw him a second one on second down gets batted down he throws a third one to him and I thought that he possibly could have got both feet down in the back of the end zone, and he did not. So, you know, it's not all on that one decision. It's not all on one player. It's not all on the referees. This was a cumulative effort for a game that I felt Green Bay was going to win handily at home with the best player in the league, with the team that was playing better than anyone else in football for the last month and a half or so. It, to me, it's a squandered opportunity. And after the game, when I hear Aaron Rodgers saying, wasn't my decision, to me, it wasn't deflecting enough away from that decision. I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, he didn't outright throw his coach under the bus, but he also just, man, I, I didn't like, what do you think? I didn't like the way Aaron Rodgers was, was mopey and sad and woe is me after the game. 
well, 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 before you go into that, fellas, of course you know when you turn that ball over three times, man, you got to turn the, you got to get yes. one on turnover. Yeah, you got Absolutely. you have to do that. And then like Green Bay, I don't, I don't know what was it too cold? Was it a high pressure situation? Just like you said, Scotty D, Green Bay had everything pointed the advantage. Green Bay Packers, the temperature, the talent, and everything, but. Apparently, um, it didn't go his way. Oh, go ahead, be live. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. You just, you know, your your point, your point is perfect. I would, I just want to make a side comment because I'm glad you said you didn't like the Aaron Rodgers little mopey situation. This is what I want to say, real quick. I want these same so-called press and setters. Et I want them to keep that same energy that they had with Cam Newton not falling on that fumble with the same energy that Aaron Rodgers not running the ball in that situation. I want to make sure that is perfectly clear because he had, he had very much an opportunity to gain yardage, make it a lot closer, or he could have probably made it into the end zone, but he didn't even try. He bailed out, which again, leaves very little confidence with your coach. I agree with it. It shouldn't all be on the coaching, but it's 90% of it. Uh, I don't know about 90% because Aaron Aaron Rodgers didn't get it done down there. They were down by 18 points and they brought it, they brought it into, they brought it into a one possession game. Well, but but you're kind of arguing against yourself. You're saying you want to hear more. Everyone kind of blamed Cam and jumped on Cam for that. Aaron Rodgers is like one of the quarterbacks that, whenever he loses, doesn't get as much blame heaped on him as other quarterbacks do. It's all McCarthy's fault. It's all LaFleur's fault. Doesn't have running game. His receivers aren't dead good. They didn't help him in the draft. There's a lot of stuff that goes against a lot of quarterbacks, but it doesn't seem to be held. Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to be held to the flame as much as other guys. But that's where my 10% was And he's 7-8 and in his last 15 playoff games. One and four in um one and um, four conference championships. championships. Yeah, the same as uh, Rex Grossman and and uh, Donovan McNabb, guys who weren't <laughs> supposed to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at some point, come on now, let's 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 stop, stop with that. the deflecting and crying. And I don't know what my future is going to hold. I don't know if I'm going to be back. Come on, Aaron Rodgers, just say, look, man, we lost. We 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 got beat. And and, and stop with the whining and crying because it's not. Yeah, He's acting like the, the like the the Packers may not want him back next year. He's only like a five million dollar cap hit. He's not going to be like a a uh, a cap casualty next year. Come on. Oh, that that number is actually um seven. I think it's five million next year. Seventeen point nine cap hit after that. Right, but next yeah, year, like, next year, yeah, he's it's not going to kill him next. I mean, that, that's your quarterback. He's the MVP. Quit acting like, oh, well, no, man, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll stop it, Aaron Rodgers. Well, that, that's that's the downside of having the chip on the shoulder that Aaron Rodgers had because I, he wore he wore that chip very well. The, but again, this is this is basically just the, a lot of blame can be thrown around. At the end of the day, Green Bay did not get it done where it should have, and Tom Brady did what needed to be done in the first half and did just enough. And that defense did just the defense. Let me give a shout out to Tampa Bay's defensive line. Yep. Cause they stayed in they stayed in Rogers' face all day long. Jason Pierre, Paul. Um, what what, what was my dude that had three sacks? I can't even remember his name now. Cause I'm <laughs> but um, I mean Tampa, 
Yeah, Vita Veo, he was an interior lineman. It was an outside. I want to say he was the right defensive end. I can't remember his name. He had three sacks. Like they were, they were, they gave. Was it Shaq? Was it Shaq? Shaq Barrett? Yes, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, man, they gave him hell, and that was the reason why they went three and out two times after turnovers right. that ben- that benefited nothing. So at the end of the day, let's we throw blame here and there, but the def- Tampa Bay's defensive line did everything to disrupt Green Bay's entire plan they started doubting themselves they started doubting each other there was no trust left and that's what resulted in them going for a field goal and completely squandering that opportunity so you know what no more blame let's let's sell yeah let's you're right you're right we need to give more credit because right now we're saying why green bay what they did to not win the game and not saying that what tampa bay did to win their game and you're yeah, right. Let's, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate everybody on Tampa Bay except for Tom Brady. <laughs> All right, I'm going with that. Because <laughs> as Scotty D mentioned before, I might be one of those haters that just, oh, I just, oh, Tom Brady. He's in his 10th Super Bowl. Oh, he's going for ring number seven. I'm so sick of seeing this guy. Um, I was watching a little, um, watching um one of the sports shows on one of the four letter net on the four letter network, and they said we're we're, we're watching a live Disney movie. <laughs> wow, <laughs> where where Giselle is the Disney princess, and Tom Brady is just the knight in shining armor that just keeps winning, and just oh god, and Brady didn't have his best game. On Sunday, he had a actually he had a very good first half. He looked to me very comfortable, very much in control in the first half, and then he made some really bad decisions and let a couple throws get away from him in the second half. But make no mistake about it, man, he he has helped change the culture, just the way that team felt just by walking through the door this year. And you know, last year we kept saying, man, if Jameis Winston didn't turn the ball over, Tampa could have been a playoff team. Well, Brady walks in and takes care of the football changes the culture, and they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, man. As a Cowboy fan, I have to admit, I'm hating it because it's been 26 years since we've seen a championship and Brady's in in, in his first year, and he's 43. So I got to give the guy credit. It's not – I'm not – I'm not going to say, oh, he's the sole reason why Tampa's in the Super Bowl. But he played his position, which is the toughest in sports, pretty well to get him there. Not only, well, not only that, I'm, I'm sorry, but not only that, in the past decade or so, if you say who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you're going to say Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. And he beat two of them in their own house on the way to this Super Bowl. Yep, in route to the doggone Super Bowl. Well, let's say it like this. Since we're looking for reasons why and reasons why not, Green Bay lost the game because they couldn't capitalize off of three turnovers. And Tampa Bay won the game because their defense, they were they were ball hawks. They were all over the place. They were they was disrupting the whole flow, just like you said, be live. And um they made things happen. All right, fellas, we're going over to the American football conference where we got the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Had a good smattering of people in the crowd. And well, of course, Kansas City wins again 38 to 24. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills. B-Live, what's your takeaway from this game? My takeaway is simply this. I need to get more in tune with Twitter. <laughs> That's what you got You know why? football game? Oh, yes, I did. What happened? You know why? Because I said exactly what I said, and I meant what I said, and I knew that it was going to happen the way it happened before even the commentators and the experts said it. I said when... 
Buffalo went up nine to nothing. I said, Kansas City has done this so many times before. I think last year, every game they yeah. played, they were down by 10 or more yeah. points and just came right on back. Like it was, and the thing about it, it was like it was nothing. Like you, you blink and Kansas City has scored 21 points, and that's exactly what happened. Buffalo, boy, they, boy, they came out, they got a field goal, they kick off. McCall Hardman fumbles the ball. Buffalo gets it at the two-yard line, scores, misses the extra point. They're up 9 nothing, And then that's, you know, it's 21-9 to nine Kansas Quick. City. In the blink of the line. And, and McCall Hardman redeemed himself in the quickest of fashions. I'm over here like, well, that, man, hey, to be a professional football player and to have that steely resolve, <laughs> I had to do it. I had, I had to do it. But man, the way he bounced back just that quickly, and it's just it's it's, it's ridiculous the amount of talent. If it ain't McCall Hardman, it's you know what? Tyree Kill is ridiculous, Speed, man. Yeah. It's he's ridiculous with it. I'm just like, can nobody grab this little short, little speedy little? Oh, and everybody out there is like, fast I, too. It's not like he's running against slow guys. Yeah. yeah, these guys are fast. Yeah, he, he this was he thinks he's a cheater in real life. He's a real life cheater. Yeah, this this was me when I played basketball. Like I wasn't the fastest guy on the court, but if I saw somebody that I was assigned to guard, and this this he just wouldn't stop running, I oh I I pull some old school tactics, grab him by I grab him by his jersey, I grab him I I'm I'm snatching him. I'm like no no where you going? Where you going? Oh you trying to run? Where you going? I'd be jabbing. All the time, just something to slow them down, and it's just oh, I asked, I, oh man, just as a defensive coordinator, what do you do? There's nothing. There's nothing. You 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 you, you miss you, you miss the you're in the backfield to tackle sack Patrick Mahomes. He'll lose that. Now you've already given not one, not two, not three, not four, five different weapons out there more time to elude their defensive assignments and pick your poison at this point in time Man, it, it, it happened and the reason why I said I need to get more in tune with Twitter is because I wanted I literally said it to the guy I was watching the game with right next to me I said they've done this before this is literally nothing that Kansas City can't overcome I picked Kansas City just because even when they're down you can't count them out then they find ways to win and literally the um, commentator of the game um, said it not even 10 seconds after I did I'm like I should be in a booth somewhere or something but it is what it is um, yes sir it's, it's one of the things where Tampa Bay I mean not Tampa Bay but one of the things where Kansas City is just like uh, got a 10 point lead that's a nice 10 point lead you got there I sure would hate if you lose that little 10 point lead and then they do what they do <laughs> They just do exactly what they do. Uh, Todd Bowles, man, he got his hands full. Todd Bowles got his hands full trying to plan for the um, for, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Scotty D, did I get your take on this? Well, you know, what I was noticing, Eddie, is a, a couple times Buffalo drove the field and got down there, and uh, they, they scored a touchdown, I think, at one point, kicked a field goal at one point that I was sitting there thinking that was a grind. They really worked hard. And then Kansas City would get the ball, and it was like zip, zip, zip. They're obviously the more polished, better team. I mean, sometimes just the better team plays better and wins. And that's that's what happened here, man. It it almost felt like, 
you know, in the past years were Golden State or the Lakers of of further years back. You get bored in the regular season and the right, then the playoffs hit and you flip the switch and you're great again. You don't really see that in the NFL. And that's kind of what it, it felt like with the Chiefs. Like they get to the playoffs, they finally shook off the rust and the boredom of the regular season and just started clicking. And I'm glad B-Live brought up the McCall, the Nicole Hardman fumble because, like he said, he they went right back to him. Credit the coaching staff and, and Patrick Mahomes for getting down on that goal line saying, let's get this guy the ball because that kid was despondent after the fumble. He was on the sideline with his jacket over his head. And it was very important, I think, to, to get that bad flavor out of his mouth and get him back in the game as quickly as they did. That was a nice job for them Buffalo going forward has a lot of upside guys but I think it was obvious and, and I actually mentioned this last week that they're going to need a little bit more work I think on the running game their offensive line got pretty much dominated because Josh Allen was running for his life yesterday and they they just can't run the ball they I think they need a real seriously solid running back maybe they find that in the draft uh maybe beef up the offensive line a little bit. And and I tell you, Josh Allen has to learn to stop running backwards. I mean, he's done that yeah. a couple times in the postseason here. I, I, I know that some of these guys, these more athletic running quarterbacks, can get back and scramble away and they zigzag. He's run straight backwards a few times and, and lost like big chunks of yardage. He's that's a maturity thing and I think he'll he'll figure that out. And I, I think there's a chance we see we, we can see this game again next year in the in the AFC championship. There's a lot of upside to Buffalo and I I'm sure, in retrospect, their their fans felt like they had a good season, but right now, Kansas City is just the best team in the NFL. Yeah, can't like I said, man, ten points. Yeah, sure, no problem. But yeah, I agree with you, Scott D. Man, Buffalo. That's why I told somebody last night. I said Buffalo has to do something with that run game, man, because that was damn near non-existent. Who was better, T.J. Eldon? Exactly. Was um Devin Singletary not in the game? He barely. I, yeah, you, like, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know. Milk carton. Milk carton. Milk carton. <laughs> Have you seen Devin and Singletary? All right, fellas, you know what that means, don't you? Super Bowl 55, double nickel. Also, um, if you ain't got the rights to use the word Super Bowl, the big old game on Sunday, <laughs> the 55th version of it, will be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But hold on, sports bros, family nation, friend, folk, family, and all y'all. We're not going to talk about that right now. We'll give our predictions next week. So, fellas, we know that we have the matchup between the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And like I said, Todd Bowles has his hands full, fellas. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no question. Um, good luck slowing that, that slowing that down. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see, is there a way that the defensive line – of Tampa Bay can contain well or put enough pressure on Patrick Mahomes to make him well make I'll tell you without without going too nobody... far into the into the preview, I think that that could be a yes because if you remember yesterday that um the tackle Eric Fisher went down for Kansas City with an Achilles injury. It looks like he may not be there and I think they had another offensive line injury. So in the trenches, I think, yeah, I think I saw yeah. Fisher's out. Yeah, yeah Fisher's so in out. In the trenches, it looks like advantage Tampa Bay just you know two weeks away from the game. And also for uh, Patrick Mahomes' sake, uh, he gets his little two week break. That way he can you know if if you fellas like he did not he didn't look he didn't miss a beat um, at all Sunday. But also on top of that, this gives him time to recover from that um, that hamper. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, because he was walking around quite gingerly, you know, during the game. I'm like, okay, he has a ginger run, but that didn't. This is Patrick effing Mahomes, and that didn't stop a thing, none whatsoever. So, yep, uh, two weeks from the, this coming Sunday will be Super Bowl 55, a.k.a. the big old game, the double nickel version, if you ain't got the rights. NFL, don't sue us, because guess what? We ain't got it. All right, and that's it for NFL. Fellas, the Super Bowl is upon us. Can you believe it already? Let's do it. Man, oh, man, I, I don't like it. We're, we've got only one more game of football left, and then somehow I, I got to figure out a way to get into the CFL. <laughs> um, pepper point, pepper point applied. You will hear that later on in the show. That was the only thing getting beat up this past weekend is Scotty D. What was it? UFC two fifty seven, correct? Abu Dhabi. Yep, back on uh, back on Fight Island once again, fighting all over the place. Uh, the main event we had Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, and um, Conor McGregor wound up leaving, <laughs> taking an L, of course, and he wound up leaving, walking on a cane. Scotty D, can you opine to us what exactly happened with the leg of one said Conor McGregor? Ooh, he got that leg chopped. Listen, let, I tell you what, man, Conor McGregor is is probably currently the best fight salesman in the game. You know, he was a pretty heavy favorite going into this fight. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why. You know, I actually, a, a while back, Eddie, I said, um, you know, Connor has a lot of inactivity. And I said, I wish he would stop tweeting and, and talking trash because he's not actually fighting. I said, since he's been good, a lot of these other fighters have caught up to him. And they are, I, I said, there's a lot of these guys now that he wouldn't beat. And Poirier is one of those guys that was kind of on my mind at the time. Conor McGregor knocked out Poirier in September of 2014. That was a long time ago. Uh, after that, Poirier went on a five-fight five win streak. He then lost to a guy named Michael Johnson. I, I still can't figure out how he lost that one. And that was in September of 2016. Now, since that loss in 2016, listen to this list of guys that he's beaten. Jim Miller, Eddie Alvarez, Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, hmm. Max Holloway, and Dan Hooker. He lost to Khabib, but everybody loses to Khabib. In that same amount of time, Connor had, what, he split a, a, a pair of fights, also okay. lost to Khabib. He lost to Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. He retired 10 times, beat Cowboy Cerrone up <laughs> a, a, a year ago. I mean, and for him to be the favorite going into this fight just surely shows that his past power is respected, and he's just the best fight salesman in the game. I actually had bet Poirier on this a, a little while a while ago. I wish I had waited because the odds would have been better. I'd have won a little bit more money on it. But Poirier is the superior mm -hmm. fighter right now. Conor McGregor, he said afterwards, yeah, I need a little bit more time. Uh, you know, I haven't had enough time in the, in the octagon, and it showed. And, you know, I just haven't had time. Well, first of all, that's your own fault because you have not been fighting. You've been sitting around selling proper number 12 and, y you know, retiring on Twitter, but he's not as good a fighter as these other guys, Eddie. He's just not. Uh, Justin uh, Justin Gaethje fought Khabib not too long ago. He wouldn't beat Gaethje or Khabib. He already shown he can't beat Khabib. And we don't know if Khabib's coming back or not, but uh, I would say he probably is not. So we're probably going to have a, uh, a, a title fight between uh, – Poirier, because Poirier won this, Dustin Poirier won the won this fight, so he's probably the top guy right now. 
Uh, there's a new guy named Michael Chandler mm. that came in from Bellator and had a big knockout win over Dan Hooker the other night. Uh, and there's also a guy by the name of Charles Oliveria, who I talked about a few weeks ago, beat up Tony Ferguson pretty good. So we're going to have a new champion. I think this is all to the detriment of the UFC because Conor McGregor helped make this one of the top selling UFCs, I think, in their history. This guy is box office. His, you know, he brings the dramatic and the flair. And had he caught Poirier in, in the first round with a punch and put him down, you know, he'd be riding high and, and they probably would be selling the Khabib fight because Khabib probably would come back to fight McGregor. At this point, that's out the window. That's 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 not anything anyone's interested in seeing. Um, I, I, th- I think Conor McGregor is, is probably a loss away from being like an afterthought. If he fights another one of these top guys and loses again, I, I it's going to be harder and harder for him to sell those, those big time fights. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that Connor has been a hard worker in the past and he probably will go back to the drawing board and say, I'm going to come back bigger and stronger than ever. And he'll be running his mouth and, and stirring things up again. And we'll get all excited. I mean, I even, I'm going to be honest. I even bought into the hype this week and said, Oh, I think Connor might knock him out in the second round. I actually said that to a couple of people. Uh, I, I don't know why I said that because my money had already been put on Poirier, but <laughs> McGregor just he wraps you up into this into this great wave of hype. And Dana White said it in the week. He said Connor is more serious and dedicated than I've seen him, and he's the real deal now. And then he went out and he got beat in the second round convincingly. So where Connor goes from here. I don't know. Maybe he fights Diaz again. Maybe he fights somebody else that gives him a, you know, a, maybe he fights Manny Pacquiao. I don't know. But uh, it is it, disappointing to see that hype train end because it is a lot of fun. But the superior fighter won that fight. Well, see, that's the thing about the fight game, man. You have to, um, you got to be on your game, man. You have to be on your game. And somebody got to win and somebody got to lose. But between, you know, thugging it out and throwing dollars through windows and pump, getting in, what, didn't he get into a fight with <laughs> yeah, old dude at a pub or something, or something like that? Stupid, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Connor Mania doing everything. And then it's just your outside ventures. It's, it's the classic case of, how can I say it like, Okay, Master P made it to the top of the music industry and made it to the top, you know, of, you know, via the music. And then Master P started dabbling into, you know, films and, and sports agencies and all this other stuff and lost focus of what got him there in the first place. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Conor McGregor. I mean, if you can do it all, by God, do it all and be great at it. But then again, don't forget what, you know, and, and don't forget that butter that you put on that bread is the fight game. The fight game got you here. And I understand no marketing and everything. Like you say, Scotty D, you could put a butt, you know, every 18 inches in seats once people, you know, get back to normal. Um, All these other guys like, look, I'm here to fight. Yeah, I can make a little name and make a little money, but while he's glitz and glamour and Johnny Hollywood in the face of the, um, in the, in, the, in the face of the league, I'm over here putting in work and, you know, tr- practicing and sacrifices, actually, you know, putting in the work to fight and fight only. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, you, there's only so much paparazzi. Well, yeah, when, when, when you come so, all what glitz if- and glamour and, and not as much substance. And I tell you, Dana White made a, a what I think is like the perfect reference to in, in his press conference after. And he said, this is like a real life version of Rocky Three. 
you know, when you remember Rocky and was the young, hungry, up and coming fighter, he gets to the top. When he fought in Rocky three, he was in the mansion. He wasn't hungry anymore. He lost the eye of the tiger. You know, he had to go back to that. And, and that's almost where Connor is. Connor was at one point the young, hungry Irish kid with a big mouth that was backing it up and he's knocking guys out and he's box office. Then in his last, you know, is he's what three and three in his last six fights, uh, you know, and at some point it it starts to become noise instead of interesting. Uh, if you're not if you're not doing this stuff and then winning, you know, that's what the great Muhammad Ali did. He he talked trash and then backed it up, and then when he lost to somebody, he went and beat him in a rematch. You know, it's um it's, may, maybe Connor gets another crack at Poirier. I just think if they fight again, Poirier is just, he's too smart at this point, too seasoned. Whereas when he lost to him back in 2014, he, he kind of mixed up in the Connor in Connor's game. And whereas in this fight, whenever, you know, Connor was strong and, and come, you know, at the beginning of the fight coming in, Poirier took him down and dirty boxed and, you know, clinched with him for a whole round and, and tired his arms out a little bit. And then, uh, you know, it went to that leg kick and just destroyed his leg and, I, I just think these fighters now have come a long way in the last six to seven years, and and Connor has not. Yeah, it's a classic case of the game yes, exactly. catching up to you, and when the and when the game catches up with you, it's like, ooh, we wait a minute. So there was an announcement made for UFC 260. I know I'm skipping ahead, Scotty D. No, we're gonna get a fight. We're gonna get the heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic Woo! versus that big, mean, and African. Francis Naganu. That's going to be on Saturday, March twenty seventh. UFC two hundred and sixty. Scotty, they, they, this one. is UFC just doesn't ever leave you wanting from. Well, actually, they always leave you wanting from. They they just they just keep loading things up. I mean, there's always going to be fights um, that they're stacking up. There's going to be Kamaru Usman taking on Gilbert Burns here next month. I mean, there's always UFC just always keeps putting on shows, man. And I'm excited for 2021, man. They already got us off to a good start. That was exciting the other night. And I tell you this, Michael Chandler that made his debut in UFC the other night did so with an impressive knockout over an extremely tough guy. So he's another guy to be excited about. Yep. I think then we also have who um Blaze. Yeah, and that Lewis was a, as well that was too. a fight that was supposed to happen in December, I think, and got erased by COVID. So hopefully we'll get that fight here too. Yep, got it. Hey man, the UFC starting a little it's starting around will be a pretty good uh twenty twenty one, just as you said. And Scotty D, guess what else is looking good around Me? this time? <laughs> man, well, you too, but our favorite part of the show. All right. The choice of the voices. Yes, sir. And with that being said, hey, yo, button. Hit it. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite portion of the show. You heard the woman. The choices of the voices section. That's right. So we live for all week. Something I check our Facebook light page, the Sports Bros podcast, which you need to go check out as well, too, because we got a lot of fun stuff on there. We always have fun on there as well, too. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about this. I love this segment of the show. I love seeing the banter back and forth with the listeners as they back, uh, go back and forth with each other and go back and forth with us, but we don't discuss it too much. We say the best part 
for the podcast because that's that's what you're here for. You're here to listen to episode number 93 of the Sports Bros Podcast. All right, Scotty D, enough of my incoherent rambling. What's the question <laughs> this week's choices of the voices? Uh, so this week I asked uh, who uh, asked our listeners who they felt was the worst team or least impressive, I guess we should say, least impressive team to win a Super Bowl. There are 54 to choose from. It's been done 54 times. Which of those 54 teams did you feel was the least impressive? Um, and again, that's kind of a tough question because if you've won a championship, it's impressive to do that. Just looking for the one that people thought was kind of the weakest. So what do we get there, Eddie? Cool. Any, anybody answer us? Yeah, we got we got a few answers, and that that's a very interesting point, Scotty. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, um, you won the Super Bowl, but looking back at history, we go, nah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to say, man, that was the best team of all time. But how about the worst winner? I mean, that's kind of the what we're asking you. Yeah, just man. All right, Trey Dizzle. He said the Eagles versus the Patriots. They. He talking about the Philadelphia Eagles stumbled into the playoffs with a backup quarterback, Nick Foles, who wasn't even good enough to start on a bad team outside of Philly, Chicago, Jacksonville. He, he might be on something. They were horrible on defense and mediocre on offense. They just hit a good streak and got super lucky. Horrible defense by both teams ended in one defensive strip sack to seal the game. That was insanely hard to watch if you like defense at all. Okay, so that's the um, the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles. No one saw yeah, that. Yeah, that was one of those teams that just got hot at the right time, and it was just a perfect storm. Um, you, you know, again, you can't take a whole lot away from Nick Foles' performance, but he was just in the zone, man. It's just one of those things. It's not like that team was bad, but I, they were not, I don't think, considered to be the favorite to, to to win the Super Bowl going in there by any means. Actually, I think it, I think that year the Saints were really good. I'm not sure if the Rams were quite there yet, but yeah, the, I, I, I'm i not going to disagree with that answer. Yeah, like I said, it's one of those teams that's like, nah. All right, so here we go. Bradley Piper, what's going on, Bradley? He said the 1996 Dallas Cowboys were clearly the worst slash weakest team to have won the Lombardi. Scotty D, was that Super Bowl Super 30, Bowl if I'm 30. not mistaken? Yep, and that's where Larry Brown was the MVP because somehow Neil O'Donnell thought that Larry Brown was his teammate. That's what happened. He, uh, <laughs> this is this is a dig at the Cowboys from a Steeler fan. This is uh, my buddy from college. And, and I've, I've had to listen to this for years about how the Cowboys were lucky to win that Super Bowl. The Cowboys were leading that game at halftime. 13 to 7. They were up 6 at half. They finished the final score was 27-17. They won by 10. They actually expanded the lead in the second half. And everyone acts like, well, if it wasn't for it, well, you know what? Your quarterback threw three interceptions and my quarterback threw zero. That's all part of the game, my friends. It's all part of the game. Don't I it can't be hating because uh my team didn't make as many mistakes as your team did. That was the that was the quarterback that brought you to the Super Bowl. Now I'll say this about that Cowboys team: of the three that won, they won those three out of four. That was the weakest of the three. At that point, free agency started to chip away at them. Uh, that the coaching staff was completely different. Obviously, Barry Switzer was there instead of 
instead of Jimmy Johnson, North Turner and Dave Wansett had both moved on, I believe, at that point. And that's what happens to all good teams. Once you start winning, then they start, you know, other teams start picking away your coordinators and and your free agents. And, that, and that's what happened. So that Cowboy team was not as dominant as the, the back-to-back one from two years prior. But I'm not sorry about it. I'm not sad that Neil O'Donnell threw Larry Brown a couple balls. I'm glad he caught him. Yeah, like I said, he must have thought somehow, some way that um, they were teammates in another <laughs> lifetime. And I was like, I'll be, I was remember being a young kid and I was like, oh, this guy stinks. Yeah. I don't, I don't, did Neil O'Donnell ever get a job after that? Well, he, he actually, Tennessee? after that season, he signed a big, a big contract with the Jets. They wanted him to be their guy. He, he got a, he gave himself a, a big deal. And Pittsburgh didn't want to match it because they had Cordell Stewart in the pipeline. And I mean, Cordell was a good player. He just wasn't like a every down quarterback. And then, yeah, that was kind of the end of that, the, the Neil O'Donnell thing. He was he, he actually became a pretty good back. I think he backed up Steve McNair in Tennessee, like you mentioned. And uh, I'm not sure if he bounced around anywhere else. But but I tell you, that year, coming down the stretch and going into the playoffs, Neil O'Donnell was playing pretty darn good. He They were running a lot of like four and five receivers, you know, spreads. And he was he was slinging it around, man. And, you know, he just had a, a couple bad decisions. The, the one throw in that Super Bowl, I think the second one was the more questionable of the two. And, and one of the – and who knows if uh, if it was the receiver's fault for not being in the spot he thought he was going to be in. I, I never obviously interviewed Neil O'Donnell and got to the bottom of that. But, you know, the Cowboys brought a blitz. He threw the ball to what he thought was a hot read. And he threw to Larry Brown. And I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he did it twice. Yeah, like I said, they thought it were teammates. All <laughs> right, moving on from that, we got Rodney Bellamy. <laughs> he said, tough one. Uh, I want us to say the Trent deal for Ravens, but that defense was so good. So I'm going to have to go with Super Bowl 50, all right? Because Super Bowl 50 was the Denver Broncos led by Peyton Manning uh, versus the Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one, Rodney. Yeah, 13 for 23 for only 141 yards with no touchdowns passing and one interception, but still got a ring. But that's just awful. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you say that, Rodney, because not only uh, am I a Panthers fan and I'm still seething uh, from that loss, but I think that's where the gas takes that. I think that's where the last little bit of Peyton Manning was able to leave, you know, leave it all on the field because he was struggling trying to throw a pass for for, for, for ten yards, and it, and he didn't look good. It it was it like his arm was dead. He didn't look like the Peyton Manning of old. He didn't look like the Peyton Manning that what threw for fifty touchdowns that one year and was on fire. See, Peyton Manning was slowing down to pretty much the end of his career in that game. Yeah, because because I'm like this this is this is hard to watch because I remember the camera was in on his face and it was like eh, like he had to like literally had to will that ball out. So uh, yeah, but uh, but then again, Rodney, uh, that Broncos defense was like top tier. Yeah, they, they 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 if you had them on your fantasy team, you uh you 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 did a good job on getting them as your um uh, as your squad. So um. Yeah, so you said the Denver Broncos from Super Bowl 50. Craig Burns, he said the 2011 New York Giants gave up more points than they scored and had a 9 and 7 yeah. record. You know, it's <laughs> both both those Super Bowl runs for Eli Manning felt similar, you know. Uh wild, I think they were wild card teams in both situations and finished by beating the Patriots yep. in both situations and in neither situation were they the better team on the field. It just 
They just got hot and played better at the right time. Those Giants teams were pretty good. They had a pretty decent defense. You know, they had some good guys up front. And I think Brandon Jacobs may have been on that team. Bradshaw. Um, Justin Tug, yeah, Uso Yuminora, uh, Straight. Maybe Strahan Victor Cruz. Going back I, I think, I think uh, Eli made an incredible throw to uh, Hakeem Nix down the sideline in that game. That was, uh, that was the second of the Super Bowls. I think the first one was the David Tyree one. And then the second one was the uh, the one he made a really nice throw down the sidelines. It's either to Mario Manningham or Keaton Nix. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I, a nine and seven team obviously you don't not one you think is one of the best to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's kind of like ah, oh, you you know, you, it's like you at nine and seven. It translates. Look, you barely did enough to get in here, right? And we don't expect right. you to pass the first round, but every, yeah, but. But every time those Giants, the, their last couple playoff runs, man, they, they got in and made noise and went all the way to the freaking Super Bowl. All right, Martin Tracy, he said, no way Eli should have two Super Bowl rings. I'm just saying. And Pittsburgh should have never won against Arizona and Kurt Warner. Okay, wow. So we got one for the Steelers of that year and yeah, another uh, one for the, the Giants. <laughs> man, it's it's... Those Giants fans, I don't think they care that they're disrespected. They got the two rings. I mean, <laughs> you, you beat the Patriots, who were considered the the dynasty of the of the era, and they they knocked him off twice in the Super Bowl. So good for Eli. I never liked Eli, but good for him. Yep, they said. Um, I guess they said. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> that would have been what ring seven and eight. Yeah, probably. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think that's right. Yeah, and. They're, 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 they're the only reason why Tom Brady does not have rings, yeah. has, has eight rings right now. So, yeah, to, 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 to say that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty damn big deal. Cause a lot of teams about, well, you know, we lost, you know, he, you know, there's six teams, you know, one team he beat, what did he beat a team twice? No, no, we you know he lost to a team twice. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, that, that's a pretty, um, that, 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 that's pretty something to, um, to pretty something, something good to tout about. Yeah. But Hey, we stopped him from getting all those rings. All right, so with that being said, shout out to Trey Dizzle, Bradley Piper, Rodney Bellamy, Craig Burns, and Martin Tracy for their participation in this week's edition of the Choices of the Voices. Scott, well, what say I kicked you? this one around a little bit. Um, I, I, I've heard in obviously I cannot choose the the Jets that won Super Bowl three with Joe Namath because I didn't see that game. So I, I've heard it said that that Jets team was overachieving at the end of the season and won that game over the Colts who are considered the best team in, in the league and of the era, uh, you know, the Johnny Unitas teams. Um, I, I think back to Super Bowl, I believe it was 15 where the Raiders became the first team to win a Super Bowl that uh, as a wild card, they beat the Eagles and Jim Plunkett was their quarterback. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens of 2000. I think Rodney did Rodney mention that team or did he was he talking about the more recent team? I think he was talking about the more recent team. The one, okay, the that's the one I'm 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 talking about in 2000, and I'm I'm going to say that because mm-hmm. I'm talking about the 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 team. The defense was probably the greatest defense ever. The offense went five yep. games in the regular season without scoring a touchdown. They were. Horrendous. They had Tony Banks as quarterback and replaced him with Dilfer. And neither of those guys are, are going to Canton. Uh, I think Jamal Lewis was their running back. He had a you know a couple good years in Baltimore. But that team was a team that won 
on defense pretty much alone. I can remember a clip where Ray Lewis ran off the field and yelled to his offense, don't let him score. I mean, he's saying that to the offense of his team. Don't let, don't let the other team score. <laughs> so, uh, wow. I, I, it, it may seem disrespectful to save that Ravens team just because of how incredibly good the defense was, but the offense offsets that to me and makes it makes it just a defensive Super Bowl win. So, yeah, you, know, you could almost run that parallel with the Buccaneers of two thousand two. But I thought they were a little bit more talented on mm-hmm. offense. Brad Johnson wasn't a great quarterback, but he was pretty good. And I think they had all start and work done. You know, I just, I, you know, I, I just, I, I just felt like the Ravens team was, and maybe I had a little bit against them because I did not enjoy watching that team at all, play football at all. I just didn't like that team. Your turn, buddy. Yeah, I'm with you, Scotty D, man. I, I I've also have kicked this around too, and I'm currently looking at the list. I'm like, well, you know, everybody deserves it. And- I, I'm going to have to say, man, um, th- th- those same Baltimore Ravens, like you said, they were <laughs> the drizzling poots on offense except um, except for Jamal Lewis, and Jamal Lewis didn't become Jamal Lewis until, you know, a couple years down the road. But, yeah, you know, I'm, can can I name one wide receiver from that team? They had some dude from Florida named Travis Taylor. Uh, I think Priest Holmes might have been on that team before he became Priest Holmes. Uh, yeah, other than that, it was Ray and Chris McAllister and the Goose and um and all, and all those other guys, man. Yeah, like you said, that that defense was defense. That defense was the one that if you can say like that defense was the sole reason why they won the Super Bowl and why they got to where they got to, then that's it. Because I forgot like what they had at that time. They had like a, re- a league record, I think. I think what teams scored like no it was, more than they, like, what, they averaged 50, giving points? up like ten point three points a game or something like that. It was they gave up ten a game. I mean that's that's insane. Yeah, they gave up like ten a game and like ten a game and and that defense yeah. was stout. Stout. But they didn't even win their the division. Board. It they, was just the Tennessee that, Titans won that division and they did beat the Titans in the playoffs. I, I'm pretty sure that year, but um. Like I said, they went five games without scoring a touchdown. They were winning with because Stover was kicking field goals. Yeah, how in the hell do you uh, <laughs> that? Yeah, that that <laughs> could could we say that was a weak year for football? Eh, no, not really. But for you to have Tony Banks as your quarterback and then Trent Dilford to come in and be serviceable at best, I like I said, I can't remember a single wide receiver was Todd Heap on the team. Well, the t- and, no, and not only that, but they time. beat the Giants. Um, in the Super Bowl that year, and that was the Kerry Collins Giants. It wasn't even a great Giants team that they beat, but they smoked them. They beat them 34-7. I think the Giants ran a kickback for a touchdown. I think that was their only score. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't probably the most fun year for football for me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking, because, I mean, they. Uh, I saw some a while back, Scott, the, oh, I think the year 2000 was the year of the running back. Um, I'll share that video with with you, and I'll also share it with our uh, listeners as well too on the Facebook site. Um, it was a good year for running backs, but apparently a putrid year for the Baltimore Ravens yeah. offense. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't even want to look at the numbers, but it was just people just think about the Ravens defense. Oh, they had offense too. Oh, yeah, that is right. So, um, yeah, so the defense played offense. And the defense, yeah, played, they won the, the wild card game against Denver, twenty-one to three. They beat the Titans in the division around 24 to 10. 
and then they beat the Raiders in the championship 16 to three. And in the Super Bowl, they had, they gave up the one touchdown on a, on a return. So it looks like they gave up one touchdown in the, in those four postseason games, which is unbelievable. Again, maybe the best defense of all time. You know, you might throw the 85 Bears in there. That's pretty close. But um, <laughs> just the offense was ridiculously terrible. Yeah, the offense. So, all right, Scotty D, that well, actually, then we have this little one down here between the uh, – the uh the, the Rams and the Patriots um of all the Patriots teams this one looked the least where did that one come from who who wrote that oh that oh yeah yeah oh that was just oh, me, one you're considering me. yeah yeah I could uh, I understand that yeah, yeah but but the pa- that Patriots team itself was a pretty good team that was just a just a lousy game man oh my god that game was lousy horrible I, horrible I, I, <laughs> I was like I, I was like I'm not entertained I'm not entertained and then you know. And and then Casey and San Fran made up last year was a good one. So uh, once again, we got Casey and this time Tampa Bay playing in a big game this year. Hey, what say you, B-Live? Who'd you pick for this week? All right. Well, those are some very interesting answers. And, yeah, um, we've had some pretty disappointing teams. I, you know, it's hard to say disappointing when you're talking about the winner of the Super Bowl because, I mean, you have to be better than 31 other teams, but there are some teams that are just, I mean, just really knock it out of the park. And, yes, um, some of those teams that have been mentioned, yeah, not so much. But I'm very, 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 very surprised that I did not hear something that just happened very recently. And that's going to be um, my answer for um, this week's question. Um, I cannot believe that nobody mentioned the 2018-2019 New England Patriots. It gets lumped into the fact that, yes, um, Tom Brady won a six-ring, most all-time GOAT, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that he's going back to another Super Bowl, it, we, we, we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum already. But you know what? I mean, it is what it is. I digress a little bit. But check this out. Check this out. Um, that year that they made it to the Super Bowl, they, um, they clinched their division, of course. But they also clinched the number two seed and a first round bye, which number two seed had a first round bye back then, you know, it's only two years ago, two, three years ago, two years ago. Um, but yeah, well, with an 11 and five record, let me put that in perspective real quick. An 11 and five record was sitting at home this year in the AFC and they had an expanded playoff. Granted, you know, they won the division. They'd have made the playoffs anyway. But for them to be a number two seed, wow. So, the AFC wasn't really that strong that year. But, um, you know, that's why I just want to put that out there. Um, Their MVP was, um, the MVP of the Super Bowl was Julian Edelman. I mean, I know y'all, I mean, Julian Elman's had some good years and everything. I mean, he redefined the definition of the slot receiver. But for him to win the MVP is, hmm, hmm, of the Super Bowl was interesting. But, but I, you know, I digress. On this team with Tom, Tom Brady, you know, leading the team, whatever, only two players 
had over a thousand scrimmage yards um, perspective again comparison this year the Carolina Panthers had four players just some reminds you just two two seasons later same style of football but after you know and the two players that had over a thousand scrimmage yards were both running backs and wow so just it just maybe maybe it's the level of talent the style of play I mean, at the end of the day, New England's defense really carried them that year, which has been some of the tales of some of the teams that have been mentioned. But yeah, I just that was not impressive. Then that Super Bowl itself, thirteen to three. Oh my God, I fell asleep. Whew, it was tough to watch. And also, let me just take this moment to name the offensive starters for New England during that Super Bowl win. Um, they had Chris Hogan. He's now a Panther now, after two years. Julian Elman, I'm not even... Is he? Is he still with the Patriots? Might be still with the Patriots. All right. Um, Trent Brown, Joe Thune, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon, their own offensive line. Ah, do we really profess to know that much about offensive linemen? Ah, not really, but I, I, I digress again. Gronk um, was their um, starting tight end, which um, he, you know how he made his move now with Tampa Bay and blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, had um, Sony Michelle and James White um, as running backs and James Devlin as their fullbacks. Sony Michelle and James White were the only two players that had um, over a thousand scrimmage yards. So, I'm just. And defense, they were stout. They were definitely stout on defense. But really, just was not really impressed with that team. And just, I mean some of the other um, Patriot teams that won Super Bowls. Again, Tom Brady has made less more, but yeah, I mean, that's again, that's why he's in the GOAT conversation. But yeah, 2018-2019 Patriots, not impressed, but you still won the big one, six range for Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to say this again, please don't let Brady get a seven. Please, pretty please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I can't do it. Um, Yeah, that, that's my answer. Yes, sir. All right, Scotty D, enough of me babbling. What's the question? All right, going into our Super Bowl week, Wes, one more Super Bowl question. Uh, When you think of the Super Bowl, what do you envision in your mind is the most memorable moment? There's a lot of been tons of moments. I I mentioned the David Tyree catch on the helmet a few minutes ago. That's one of those ones when you think of like great plays or historic plays in Super Bowl history just memorable ones that stand out to you. We're just looking for some of those, some great memorable Super Bowl moments from you guys. Great Super Bowl moments. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot. To choose from. There's, it's, it's, it's some a, will stand out more than others. Yeah, you're right. Some will stand out more than others. And that's it for another edition of Choices of the Voices. All right, well, fellas, it's time to go home, riding the third brace, giving myself the go home cue, because that is time for another installment of Pepper. Um, I'm going to do a little something different this time, but you know how we do it. Educational, kind of, sort of, not really. Enlightening, entertaining, and uh, yeah, just good old pepper, just sports-related stuff. And um, I'll, <laughs> I'll go first. All right, so the Detroit Lions this past week, they found a brand new coach. Who is the new coach this guy is. of the Lions? All right. 
All right, so as I stated in the previous episode, I'm like, Dan Campbell, who is that? And I was like, why does that name sound so, so familiar? Why does that name sound so familiar? And then it clicked. I said, oh, he was an old player. He played for the Lions, and he also scattered he played well. for your Dallas Cowboys, number 86. Yeah, big old Dan Campbell from the University of Texas. Well, Dan Campbell is now retired, no longer playing in the National Football League. And he was introduced earlier last week as the Detroit Lions' new head coach. (laughs) If you listen to the previous week's episode, exactly how I feel about getting that Lions job. Like I said, love the city of Detroit. The city of Detroit has been great to me and B-Live and my brethren when we went there. But your organization mm, 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 stinks, all right? So with that being said, Dan Campbell is going to try his best to uh, bring some respectability to the Lions organization. His press conference was funny, which included (laughs) biting, scratching, taking chunks out of knees, getting beat up, um, taking two to the head, and coming back up, and they're going to be the last Lions standing. Um, We shall see. Dan Campbell, a guy that Barely has any coaching experience. His last coaching experience was as an intern head coach for the um, interim head coach for the Miami Dolphins and the tight end coach as well too. We shall see about yeah. That was camp. that was a crazy press D. conference, and then they went and said, "Well, we're going to get rid of our starting quarterback." So we'll see how much getting up they are doing next year. Um, so I'm looking at the college basketball top 25. It's college basketball season here. We're starting to really heat it up. And I don't see any North Carolina on the list, and I don't see any Duke on the list. And I don't feel too bad about that because I also don't see Pitt on the list, Eddie Cool. But well, I'll tell you what I did see. I saw Pitt beat Duke last week. Our boy Champagne went for 31 points against the Dukies. Uh, Pitt is now 8-3 and three in the ACC. They lost with a uh they had a chance to hit one of the buzzer against wake forest on saturday and it did not go down so they lost the lost down but they're eight and three hey man keep an eye on our pit panthers are getting better better eddie cool climbing our way back into relevance might even make that march madness tournament this year be live to you but hold on scotty before i do that champagne <laughs> supernova in the sky i had to i had to we was watching that game together he's a like, bad oh, boy there's our guy champagne champagne and it, it and it is and when we always top these guys they come out the next day and knock them in the mouth oh they do it just just, just don't let me down <laughs> like uh mike platinum perry did but yeah over you be live <laughs> well 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 Let's put a little pepper on this. You know, I actually had to switch up my pepper points before we started because my first pepper points was really just rants about the Green Bay Packers, which you've already heard because I could not, I couldn't save it for pepper. It just, it was really the core of my being. I'm not even a, I'm not a Packers fan, but it's just watching, just just watching you give the game away. It's just something else. But, but I digress again. Doing a lot of digression today. But um, it is what it is. Um, my first Pepper point uh, today is um, a name that's not known by many, but known by some, known by some of my um, Clemson diehard fans. You know, at some point in time, hashtag all roads lead to Dabo. But there's such a disappointment. 
disappointing. Oh, this. Mm, it's such a disappointing yet maybe a redemption story. Hopefully, it's a redemption story. But um, we have a Martavis Bryant sighting. Yes, that Martavis Bryant has been suspended and suspended and suspended for um drug offenses in the NFL, as um Stephen A. Smith would like to say. <laughs> Stay off the weed. But yes, um he has signed he has made it to the CFL, the Canadian Football League, and has signed a contract with the Toronto Argonauts. So I wish you the best of luck. Please, just, I mean, we were almost there. We're almost there where weed is legal. We're almost there, I guarantee you. I promise you. Just lay it up. Just, just hold off just a little while longer. It might be even legal in Canada already. Who knows? Maybe that's the perfect fit for you. But Martavis Bryant, come on. I'm rooting for you, bro. I've been rooting for you the entire time. And I was just like, bro, come on. Come on, get together, get together. Martavis Bryant, I'm rooting for you. Josh Gordon, I will not. Sir, sir, you just, oh, boy. I, I just don't get it. You actually had, you had it. You were signed and everything. You had just meet the conditional reinstatement, but, but um, and I've been looking for that. If anybody can find what those terms were and to see if they were absolutely unattainable, then just let me know. Um, hit us up on the email. I wouldn't, I wouldn't greatly, greatly appreciate that very much. Um, Eddie Cool, the ball. All right, my second paper point on this day in history, back in two thousand and three. We got Super Bowl 37, all right? Super Bowl 37, if I'm not mistaken, between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Oakland Raiders. As we know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they'll be going to this year's Super Bowl, but their previous trip, they won. They got a W. There was another team that had a pretty good defense and eh, so-so at best offense. They beat the Oakland Raiders 48-21, to and the MVP was Dexter Jackson. Uh, safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't he wind up get signed by the Ooh, Cowboys? Those I don't remember him being with the Cowboys. He had a. Uh, I'm not sure. He was. He was. A, he's a heck of a player, though. Well, yeah, we did have Dexter Cudley. Yeah, anyways. Hey, he was a bad dude. He's. I think he was, he was about four eleven. I think he is a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that don't matter. That don't matter. Four. I'm gonna knock him down. Hell, Theo Fruitt <laughs> yeah. was like what five foot six playing Hawkins was. Was still a butcher knife killer, but uh, yeah, on this day in history, two thousand three, that's when they, that's when they played the Super Bowl back in yeah. January, Scotty. Why does it sound like an eternity ago? Yeah, yeah, back when they played the Super Bowl back in January. All right, so over you, Scotty D. The the rebuild for the Pittsburgh Pirates continues as they now have said goodbye to Joe Musgrove. Josh Bell, and a few days ago, they traded Jamison Tyone to the New York Yankees. So while the Pirates, a few years back, were talking about these two stud pitchers down in AAA, ready to come up by the names of Jamison Tyone and Garrett Cole, they will now be pitching for the New York Yankees. The Yankees have a um, some question marks at pitcher. I think this is actually going to be a good move for them because there won't be a lot of pressure on Tyone to carry the staff. They also signed Corey Kluber uh, coming off a, a question mark year. 
They got Domingo Herman, who had a, a good season two years ago and then was suspended last year because of uh, domestic violence issues. The Yankees got a handful of question marks at pitchers, so I guess they're going to throw a few at the wall and see what sticks. Meanwhile, the the Buccos, <laughs> I, I, they're not going to field a lineup that's going to even be able to pay a year of Garrett Cole's salary. So let's go Bucks. Looking forward to a postseason appearance in 2025. Be live over to you. JB come on around the mountain when she comes. All right, round two, round two of this pepper that we talk about. And it's a very, very familiar story. Ah, what do you what what do you do? Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association are disagreeing yet again. Go figure. One one day maybe they'll get along. One day can't we? Why can't we be friends? But check it out. This this is actually pretty cut and dry. This, you knew this this wasn't going to play the way that you wanted it to. Major League Baseball, stop it. Cut it out. Um. Major League Baseball proposed that there would be a universal designated hitter, like uh, you know, to have already have in the American League, but they want to. Move um move toward that direction in the National League, which yes worked for one season, a shortened season, sixty games during COVID nineteen. But come on, come on, bro, it's just it's just you know it's America's pastime. There's certain things they're not they're not going to let go, and there's there's reasons behind it. I just you know I won't go too much in depth, but but you just know that 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 wasn't we weren't headed in that direction. And also, the to try to keep the expanded playoff. So now you're going from 60 games to 162 games, which is which is the prognosis from what what I've gathered. They want to play a full season this year. I have not heard anything to the contrary that I'll look it up. Now maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but they you want to do 162 games and then also have a bunch of extra games in the. Oh no, cut that out. Just stop! Stop what you're doing. You knew this wasn't going to fly. So let's let's just go back to the drawing board and figure out something, and then hopefully um, that we won't have another work stoppage when the collective bargaining agreement ends in December 2021. Please, please, just get along, because baseball is. It was great that we had a little shortened season and came together and figured out some things. But now, you know, that let's let's get back to where we need to be. Let's take care of each other. Come on, owners. Come on, players. Let's do right. Let's keep America's pastime the great sport that it could be. And just to, let's just, just do right. Um, Eddie Cool, the ball. All right, on this day in history, back in 1961, the great one. No, not that great one the great one, Wayne Gretzky, was born, birthed into this world. Now, he's a, uh, he's an Ice Hockey Hall of Famer. He won the Stanley Cup in 1984, 5, 7, and 1988. He was also the Hart Memorial Trophy, a.k.a. the MVP, from 1980 through 87, and once again in 89, an Art Ross Trophy winner, the scoring champion from 81 mm-hmm. through 87. You hear this, you hear this guy, <laughs> from 81 through 87. So he was good, is what you're telling me. Yeah, and then 
Ah, I might have been just a little bit. Um, one, and then he won it in 90, 91, and 94. He also played for the Edmonton Oilers, Los Angeles Kings, uh, that forgettable stint in St. Louis, and, of course, he got retired alongside his buddy, Mark Messi, as a member of the New York Rangers. Wayne Gretzky was born in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. One of the best to ever do it. And you want to talk about guys that have untouchable records? Yeah, yeah, Wayne yeah, Gretzky got, got about fifty-eleven of, of them. <laughs> and also, father and yeah, law Scotty D. to the current Masters champion Dustin Johnson. Oh, all right. So, right, uh, my right. final pepper point of the week: um, a year ago, on January twenty-fifth, Kobe Bryant congratulated LeBron James on Twitter for passing him on the all-time NBA scoring list. And twenty-four hours later, he was gone. Uh, hard to believe it's been a year since one of the saddest days of my adult life as a Kobe Bryant fan, um, seeing him and his his young daughter perish in a helicopter accident. Um, hard to believe. I mean, that was the beginning of what was maybe one of the most, un, probably the most unforgettable year in in our lifetime, Eddie. Um, but to start it off that way, losing Kobe was definitely a a very very difficult dark time for the world of sports and um the lakers are going to not do anything i think to commemorate it because they they said they just they don't want to distract from um the current team and and you know relive that that darkness but to this day though when they break the hump the huddle they're all yelling mamba on three so kobe bryant lives on in laker lore and uh a year later man we miss you kobe we miss you black mamba be live over to you well, 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 um, yes, 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 and this may have been reported before, but just, I want just to nail this third pepper point in the head, and just basically, this is where life as we know it is headed, and let me start off by saying this real quick. For for our listeners out there, which a majority of you would remember what Blockbuster was. Who and who was the idiot that turned down the streaming service for Blockbuster and was saying that people were still gonna come out and get DVDs and all this other stuff? Boy, y'all feeling especially dumb the dum dum today. Because everything is streaming. Everything is streaming. Everything is streaming. Even to the point where streaming services are now taking over other streaming services. In lieu of the, again, being one great conglomerate. But NBC has been pushing their Peacock streaming service, which is be, be to compete with um, your... Disney Pluses, your ESPN Pluses, your Hulu's, your Netflix, your CBS All Access, every channel now, every major broadcasting channel now has a streaming service. And you know how some of these conglomerates work. Again, ABC, ESPN, Disney, CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, you know, that's that Viacom conglomerate. And NBC has the um, USA and um, there's some other things, you know. You, they got their that's the the universal conglomerate, which should include parts of WWE. But um, it has been now announced that um, come March 21st of this year, that the WWE Network 
which they have been so inclined to let us know can get for only nine ninety five, is now moving to the Peacock streaming network and is available with um, commercials um, included in the Peacock Plus um, platform for now four ninety five, which is very very interesting that um, WWE would go that route but WWE reaches they, I think they have around 1.1 million subscribers Peacock has already jumped out there and has 22 million subscribers so much bigger audience and you can also get the um, you can get um, WWE contact commercial free through um, Peacock Premium for $9.95 so you might be paying the same price as if you just switch over so the two worlds become one ta-da and the WWE gets slightly richer in the tune that NBC pays WWE $1 billion for this so streaming, 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 streaming and more streaming hmm friends, WWE MC Peacock. Um, let me. Can I get some of that um advertisement money that I just I just gave them free advertising? Well, all three of us are wrestling guys, so it is what it is. Um, talk to a brother. I'm just, uh, trying to figure out something new, something different. So you know, if, um, this might work out for me. And um, yeah, yes, sir. All right, that's another exciting, exhilarating. Exaltations, learn that from Mike Doc Emrick. Round of Pepper. Um, you know how we do it right around this time. We like to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, episode number 93, not too far away from episode 100. Scotty D, can you believe this? Some, some, you know, at some podcasts, well, we're coming up on two years here. It's been, it's been fun. I, I, I still enjoy these doing these things, uh, I would say as much as you do. Yeah, man, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, the the, the editing the editing is fun and getting to hear some of the bloopers and the outtakes and the opinions and the, it's just it's just a very fun it's just a very fun thing to do. And I feel, Scotty, that is my purpose on this earth is to talk sports with you guys and then supply the rest of the world with some of my editing skills. Well, I'm still learning. I'm not a pro, you know. I, I, <laughs> hey, Eddie, no, we appreciate you, man. Time. you did a good yeah, job with it. Look, um, all so. things considered, we uh, glad glad to have you on our team, there, brother. And I tell you, and I tell you, man, um, you know, as, as dark a year as it was last year for everyone, you know, even in the sports world, you know, the sports world took some hits last year. March Madness canceled, and uh, a couple golf tournaments canceled, and. You know, the NBA and NHL reworked, you know, delayed all that stuff. And it's trying, we're trying to get some normalcy to this year. And you're starting to see a little bit of it. Eddie, did you notice how nice it was to have some fans in stands during the NFL playoff games? And even, I know, I don't think you saw it, but UFC had some fans. They were in Abu Dhabi and their stands for Conor McGregor's fight. And it's, it's just nice to have a little of that energy and electricity back live and uh, hopefully they'll be able to safely continue to, to do that until we uh, get this nation vaccinated back on track here later in the year. Yeah, because I saw that and I was like, are, 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 are those people? 
Wait a minute. Are are, are, are those? Yeah, people, I'm not sure how, what the what the capacities that they're allowing, but there are going to be some some people with the Super Bowl and. Thank God for that, because, you know, like, like I said, we were watching the NBA finals where there was nobody in the stands and they did a great job with the way they handled it, with the bubble and the creating the atmosphere and all that stuff. And it was nice to have sports and not have that championship canceled. But at the same time, it, it sure is going to be nice to have some people actually watching the Super Bowl live. And uh, so, like I said, hopefully we were able to continue to to go on the right path here. I hope these vaccinations start to do their do their job the way we're really needing them to do them. And so maybe maybe this time next year we'll have fans all the way back. So we'll see. Oh, that'd be who great. knows? We might even be in the stands too. Scotty D, um, you, Scotty D, you mentioned something that I forgot to, and I kind of glazed. Oh over, yeah, uh, the Matthew yeah. Stafford situation. The Lions. The Lions and Matthew Stafford's like, yeah, it's, it's time to go. Uh, what uh, Scott? I, I think it's long overdue, and yeah, he he needs to go at, at least salvage somewhat of his career because uh, the Lions have did nothing but pee his entire career down the leg. Uh, Scotty, what do you think about the whole Matthew? Well, Stafford it's going to be interesting what to see be that because you, at the same time, you feel like uh, you know Deshaun Watson could be out there. So you got two, you know very accomplished quarterbacks that might be coming available. I think for Matthew Stafford, the key is going to be Indianapolis. I think that's the team that would be most ready for him at this point in his career, just because, you know, Philip Rivers did an admirable job with the Colts and that was a team that was good enough to almost knock off the bills. who many of us thought were the second best team in the AFC this year. The Colts aren't that far away. They, you know, they, they've got some good, you know, some good pieces there. So I think he'd be a good fit there. You know, I've heard uh, maybe New England, but I don't think New England had, I, I think he'd be stepping into the same situation as Tom Brady walked out of and that Cam Newton dealt with this year. And there's just not enough talent offensively around him. And to get him, they'd have to give up some, you know, some, some draft capital. So I, I don't think that would be a good fit there. Whereas I think Indianapolis might be the key. And I heard Deshaun Watson say he's interested in being a jet, but, I think the Jets have too many needs and to give up their draft capital to get him, I think would be detrimental. I, I think Deshaun Watson stays put maybe possibly Miami, but I think, I think Deshaun Watson's going to stay put. I think, um, I wouldn't mind seeing, um, you, you might hate this, but I wouldn't mind seeing Matt, Matt uh, that, you know, that, that could be too, but again, I think Washington's another team that's not as close where, whereas I think the Colts are closer and, and Miami's actually, I think, getting closer. I mean, Miami won 10 games this year. You know, we forget the, you know, how good they were because they didn't they make did. the playoffs. Um, I, I think Miami could plug him in and be, uh, you know, an AFC contender. I, I don't know that the Redskins <sighs> or the Washington football team, I should say, I don't know if they're close enough yet. I, I kind of feel like yeah. they're going to look to the draft, but who knows? Maybe, maybe they would like to go in that direction. One thing that we know, man, anything is possible. You find right, Scotty, me at home. Here, Scotty, um, where can they find you? I'll let you know more about what's going on with me and my future. But, you know, always check me out on Facebook. Check us out on the Sports Bros page on Facebook. That's where we like to interact with you guys. Keep an eye out for our Choices of the Voice question because I, I love to post that right around midweek. So, and just thank you all for listening to us. Yeah, midweek. Stay tuned. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC. I'm not going to tell you where all you can find me because guess what? If you look further down in this description box, there's one, two, three, four, I think five links. Um, I uploaded 
uh, episode 92 to the YouTube channel. Um, we're hopefully, gonna, we're going to get some visual videos in here one day, some more clips to put a little bit more love on that. But, um, yeah, you can catch me at all of those uh, Sports Bros podcast links. And also check me out on the Sports Me app. Uh, my name on there is Sport Bro 19. It's kind of like TikTok, but we just talking sports and ain't nobody doing no dances, uh, no political stuff, ain't nobody getting mad, nobody, just a bunch of people together talking sports and winning battles, just having overall fun. But don't forget, check me out, Sport Bro 19 at the Sports Me app. All right, Scotty D, you got anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Watch hey, you know what? I actually listened to the Sports Pros podcast last week on YouTube. That was kind of cool, Eddie. Cool. That's a new thing that we got going on there. Yeah, man. That's what we do. Hey, man, we're trying to we're trying to be all over the place. We're not going to spread ourselves thin, but hey, wherever there's a chance for anybody to listen, to engage, and to enjoy, um, yeah, that's what we'll be at. And some and some guy named uh, uh, Scott Donnelly <laughs> left a yeah, comment a and said guy. they are awesome. We appreciate Scott Donnelly for uh, yeah, he's a good fella for leaving that comment as well too. All right, and for the Almighty B Live, for the Money Man Scotty D, this be the H O C Eddie Cool, and in closing. Do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it. Now more than ever. Be a blessing and not a burden. This is another episode yes, of the Sports Roll Bros. Tide, Uncle Max. Roll Podcast. Tide.